0: It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast.
1: We're here with uh, Ron Kuleski, Chief Prevention Officer of the in, uh, at the Ministry of Training, Ministry of Labour, Training and Skills Development, and we're chatting a little bit about, you know, where Ontario is going with health and safety. And uh, you've released your new strategy. Congratulations on that as well. Um, and It's a five-year strategy and, and certainly does look at a number of different elements and maybe an opportunity to talk about a few of those, uh, those highlights, Ron, and, and how that is, again, uh, going to engage the different sectors um, to make sure that they continue to move along a, um, you know, in, a, in a direction that helps the prevention initiative, both on the health and safety, whether it's workplace violence and harassment or, or even the mental health issues.
0: Well, it's you know there's a lot of the strategy is all about connecting the dots and it's 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 all about um, recognizing that this is a work in progress that you cannot complete at all in five years, that we have to work towards stuff. and there's some foundational stuff. And you know, as as you alluded, you know we have three critical factors we have occupational disease we have traumatic injury and we have mental health and they're all interrelated we know that um with respect to mental health that 60 percent of physical injuries have a mental health component Mm -hmm. we know that you know anxiety depression uh, uh you know can lead to substance abuse that can lead to injury Um, uh, injuries and fatalities. Um, So we we know that, you know, there's some overarching principles that we need to take into consideration uh, when we're moving forward with the strategy. So, you know, the new strategy that we're looking at, one is looking at evidence and looking at outcomes, you know, trying to work towards, you know, this predictable model that if we uh, intervene that we know what the outcome is going to be. So whether that's a training program, whether that's a, a, um, you know, you know, a sustained uh, communication blitz on how to avoid things. So we know that we would, we would work toward that. The second part is the methodology of, of how we learn and how we get people to actually absorb what we're trying right. to tell them. And, and then of course, the third one is how do we incentivize people to, to be better? And we, you know, we know through programs like CORE that um, uh, not only is it an incentive to be able to bid on jobs and to work with buyers of construction, where they too can influence their supply chain, but we also know that if we can uh, incentivize, and the work that you've done uh, and we've done collectively with the WSIB to help people uh, aspire to CORE through incentives. Um, and then once they achieve it, what is what is the recognition value of that? Um, if we can get more people engaged in that, uh, big companies influencing their supply chain, buyers influencing their supply chain, we get more support for this health and safety model. And then the last one, of course, is to to look at how we do um, how we work with our small business and small business associations to get to those hard to reach, hard to serve areas and you know what we want to get out of the strategy prevention works is in fact that is to get the message out message out that prevention does work and there is an economic benefit as well as you know a benefit to helping our our workers get home safe and and reduce right. injuries and, and
1: we've time. seen through the pandemic uh, the necessity for different ways of doing things and delivering health and safety training is one of them um, you know the move to virtual instructor led and, uh, the move to more acceptance of e-learning, uh, and the move to distant consulting and that kind of thing. Um, so we, you know, I know your, your strategy also points to, again, improving that communication, improving that opportunity for businesses, small businesses in particular to, to get on board. So, uh, I think as a system, we're certainly, uh, engaged in moving in that direction as well as others. And, and, uh, we know that there's, uh, Again, uh, influence from your office in, in moving everyone down that road. So that's that's a great opportunity.
0: Um, yeah, I think that we you know we want to be careful not to commoditize health and safety to the point where it's a race to the bottom of quality. Right, and I think the move the move that has been done to the virtual when I say the virtual classroom um, has has really ensured that we were able to substantially reduce the cost on both sides of the uh, equation to, excuse me, to the employer and to the provider by reducing things like transportation costs, reducing things like, uh, you know, facility costs and actually broadening the availability of programming to um, areas outside the urban center. So it's it, it has created a great opportunity um we're appropriate I though i mean it, i think
1: well, the, i think the key element there's we're yeah. appropriate i mean we do a lot of high risk training and it's certainly we're going to maintain yeah. that that in person contact for high risk training where
0: oh works. yeah we would we would never yeah I, I i was only talking about more of the theoretical right. side of things to do rather than the practical certainly the practical side um you know we've maintained and we've heard loud and clear through the five year review of working at heights is that you know, let's not water down a good program, especially a high-risk program. Yeah, we can tweak it here and there, but, uh, you know, when it comes to actually feeling whether the harness is on right or not, you cannot do that through a right. screen, right. you know. <laughs> you know, that has to be clear and, and, and present.
1: Now, when you talk, uh, if you can, uh, just a little bit of commentary around mental health and workplace violence and harassment. Um Occupational disease as well; those are two. Well, those are two elements that you've also included in your strategy. Um, the importance, really, is uh, the emergence of those topics over the last uh, couple of years, um, is certainly something that I think all of us can can see. Um, what What are your your thoughts on the direction in regards to mental health and uh, and uh, workplace violence and harassment, and uh, as well right. as occupational disease? Well,
0: it, it, it's interesting. Um... You know, in in some ways, the Occupational Health and Safety Act should be the physical Occupational Health and Safety Act. I mean, it 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 doesn't explicitly say mental health within right. the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Although violence and harassment is there, and and we debated about this. It's it, you know, if in this strategy, if we did not mention mental health, we would be criticized quite soundly because. You know, it, it it is an issue. One in five people in Canada uh, suffer from uh, uh, mental health um, right. challenges, and they bring that into the workplace. And for that reason, I think it, it, it has to be top of mind for employers to ensure that, you know, they know what to do. Um, to manage mental health, both from an occupational stress point of view and from someone, you know, coming into the workplace um, that, are, uh, that have uh, uh, mental health concerns. So, uh, you know, the goal here is to start the conversation, and construction has started the conversation. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've worked for almost 40 years with PTSD, and it started with a conversation. And, you know, you you can't expect it to just happen. It's, It's an iterative process that you bring people along. And, you know, construction has started those conversations, which is really good. We also recognize that construction is a really challenging job. Um, you know, from a physical challenge, from an injury, people work hurt. That creates anxiety. That creates dependencies. That creates a whole series of things. Um, and and so we want to start the conversation and keep it moving. And you know, we we see that there's leadership in the system, like IHSA's collaboration with the um, um, uh, uh, with Rescon and other yeah. the sister with Rescon and workplace safety uh, uh, services. WSPS, that that collaboration was really important, and we also see in some of those high risk areas, um, you know, the the need to start looking at um, uh, occupational disease, and particularly you know construction when when uh, the study came out out of Cancer Care Ontario. You know, on the burden of cancer on businesses, there were four cancers that were identified. well, you just described the construction mm-hmm. industry, right? That's you know diesel particulate and and uh, um, inhalation, skin solar, those type of things. So um, we just it, it it's a a fairly substantial cost to the system. Um, we're working with the WSIB on establishing a more structured system. Uh, for not only monitoring occupational diseases, uh, but also you know working diligently to bring the curve down, and you know we got to start now from a prevention point of view to deal with issues emerging 25 years right. from
1: now. and it's been a, it's been an effort. I mean, over the years, and some of those nagging ones are still things that are 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 we can deal with today and that's noise noise is always a, such a significant issue within all the sectors that we serve and and certainly um the pandemic has has also shown us uh other things that you know aren't clearly on the radar screen and whether it's biological or other hazards and again opens us up to um that consideration and i think as a system i think we've done a good job in saying hey we need to look at not only the ones that we can see the issues that can see from a you know the chemicals that we work with but the ones that we can't see and that just highlights uh, some of those lagging issues that you've just mentioned.
0: Yeah. Well, the hierarchy of c- controls is a really good example. I mean, we, we were dealing with silica in trying to get people to wear masks and, and, and you know, that was a challenge even outside of COVID right. and, you know, one of the things that came out of COVID was we did some pretty extensive behavioral insight studies into why people what, you know, why they didn't wear masks or why, uh, you know, there were, you know, challenges association with adapting to the rules. And I think those information when it's when it's made public, um, are going to be very helpful to, to help us structure mm-hmm. our programs to be able to see, well, why doesn't somebody wear hearing protection or why wouldn't a person cutting concrete wear a mask? You know, is it that they think that, uh, you know, cutting stone is natural and natural things don't hurt you? You know, it's like burning wood, you know, versus, uh, you know, so there's all kinds of, you know, canary in the coal mine stuff that's, that's come out of COVID that will help us eventually. Right
1: so, if you were to look at um, again, we're with Ron Kuleski, our chief prevention officer, who's again retiring into September, and some final thoughts, maybe in regards to if you were to sum up your three and a half years and say, "Gee, this is these are the top one or three accomplishments of uh, uh, during your tenure of your office of the this Ministry of Labour Training Skills Development." What what would you, what would you, I'll put you under the gun on this one. What would you say are your top one to three accomplishments?
0: Um, Getting, I think the first one is getting people to recognize that, you know, health and safety is a system and it's, it's, well, it's still, I think last count over 850 people that are in the business of providing health and safety. It was getting people to realize that um, the ministry of lo- alone can't can't do it all. So um, unless we have policy and operations and prevention working with WSIB, the system partners, in the private sector, if we're if 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 we don't picture ourselves in that environment, um, we won't be successful. We will either be competing against people or we won't have the critical mass to move things forward. And, you know, one of the first things that we did, uh, probably within a week of meeting with the new government, was trying to figure out how to describe to them what the system was. And, and we built a placemat that had prevention councils, section 21s, health and safety associations, uh, the, the, the training workers health and safety program, OCAL, uh, policy, WSIB, uh, private sector training providers. We put it all on a piece of paper that said, look, this is a complex system we haven't really got influence over everybody we've only got influence over some but we were able to put that on paper and over the last 3 years we've been working to more integrate it as a system to 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 not have a meeting with only one person without all the other necessary people in a room whether it's wsib whether it's the policy people whether it's operations um uh, so so that's one of the, the successes. The other one, I think was was starting the conversation about improving our ability to capture information um, to be able to start moving towards um, a more of an outcome sort of epidemiological uh, uh, approach to health and safety where we understand why things happen. Um, and we're able to pinpoint and target what we do, whether through risk assessments, the, set, uh, the root cause analysis, the sex, success that we've had in things like the trucking, the mining, you know, the, the residential construction and roofing and, and, you know, focusing on not only the top 10 things that are occurring, but what are the top four things that might be causing 80% of the problem versus a scattergun approach in, in how we do things. So th- that's been a, a, good, uh, um, a good outcome. And, and I think having a conversation about health and safety to raise the profile of it. So the collaborative approach, um, bringing together people that maybe were interested in having somebody speak to them about health and safety, uh, whether it's the chief prevention officer or whoever, but it's really raising that, that profile and in fact, getting them to think of it as top of mind and a subject worth listening to, and really make them want to miss it before there they're gone. Go. <laughs> We're gone. And that's you know?
1: that's a great uh, intro into you know your your work again. I just want to re, re- reiterate uh, the fact that you're you've been an advocate of that, and we want to thank you for that as you as you move on into retirement. And uh, maybe some parting words as this chief prevention officer who's retiring after three and a half years to the. Not only our industries in the construction, transportation, and, uh, and utility sectors, but overall in Ontario population in general. What what maybe is your kind of departing message in regards to health and safety that uh, you want to leave us with?
0: I think we want to, you know, the, I, I, I'll say the advice that I would give to my replacement mm-hmm. would be: we've built a foundation. Um, um, and in order to be successful, don't try to build the house in a short period of time because, you know, we, we want to have strong footings on what we want to build on. So, uh, you know, we want to create sustainability in the system. And sustainability is, okay, we, we, we want to build a secure foundation, basement, floor, walls, beams, second floor. Let's not try to put the roof on the basement. Uh, We we know that we want it's a longer term. It's got to be sustainable. You know, having noise prevention week needs to be noise prevention 365 days a year. We need to be able to bring things top of mind, you know, uh, in, in 1949, a doctor looked at 600 lung cancer cases, and two things happened the day after. One is they draw the correlation between smoking and cancer, lung cancer, and the second thing that happened is that researcher quit smoking. But it's been a 70-year battle to be able to get smoking from 80% of the population down to 15 of the population, and if we don't continue to sustain that effort, it will creep upwards. So this becomes um, a a, a sort of a sustainable effort, no holes barred, stay the course, keep doing it, work and build that solid foundation and move forward. Um, So those would be, I think we got a lot of talent, we got a lot of expertise. Um, and, and and I think the other the, the only other part is what we need to do is we need to continue to pursue the professionalization of of um, health and safety uh, in the province that we make sure that the person giving advice is a credible person. You know, you 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 go to your doctor because your doctor um, has a. Has a, has a credential that is that is, is solid and strong. So, you know, credentialing our business, whether it's through CORE, whether it's through a, a, a recognized standard, and ensuring that our people that are providing health and safety advice uh, are, are clearly qualified and capable of doing that.
1: Excellent, excellent points there, Ron. And, and again, thanks for your contributions towards all that because uh, it always starts from the leadership and this province, I think, has done a, and has demonstrated uh, that leadership in regards to your tenure and through the tenure through COVID and as we move forward with the new strategy. So again, thanks for your part in, in moving us forward as a province and, and in supporting the health and safety outcomes of workers and workplaces. Successful workplaces um, should equate uh, to successful outcomes in regards to health and safety and again. Thanks for your efforts in this, and uh, we wish you all the best in retirement. And again, appreciate your time here with us today and, uh, and through this series of, of conversations um, around your tenure as the Chief Prevention Officer, and we're looking forward to, uh, and we hope that you look forward to a healthy and, and long and safe uh, retirement. So enjoy that, and again, appreciate your insights.
0: The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca.